Welcome. It is the Ski Bomb Podcast, and it's your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. A lot going on. There's a buzz in the air. It's getting a little colder, and Boston's getting closer. Boston is getting closer, yes. We had a, a bit of an unfortunate scheduling conflict last week. My wife got, like, really sick, and I had to, like, work double duty as dad and mom and worker and i just i could not make it happen last weekend so change in the scheduling of the podcast but do not fret do not worry we're gonna get things back on schedule we're gonna have tons of good stuff leading us up into boston because we are trying to make a big splash because we will be hosting the snow skills cabin and we're super excited and we're going to be meeting up with a lot of our old friends making lots of new friends and hopefully blowing up the podcast. And then you folks who are listening now can be like, I listened to them before everybody started listening to them. So you can be that person. They're going to say like for episode 300, you can be like the guy who's like, I saw Nirvana in 1989. Like, okay, well that's wonderful for you. Do you win a prize? Like what? What's up with that? There you go. But you can be that person. Everyone loves being that person. Everyone loves being that person. Oh, dude, I went to that restaurant before anyone knew what it was. Dude, I got that beer before anybody knew what it was. I got COVID first. The whole thing, dude. I had COVID in fucking December of 2019, bro. Right. Everybody loves COVID before you knew what COVID was. It's it's the uh, it's the old meme. It's like the oh, you know what? I did that before. It was cool. You know. Yeah. Everyone wants to be that guy. So, we thank you though you will always be cool in our eyes because you have been listening and you've been watching and checking us out and subscribing and rating so thank you so much you know where to view everything skibumpodcast.com we're on the socials instagram twitter facebook untapped at skibumpodcast and youtube also send us an email skibumpodcast at gmail.com go to your favorite podcasting apps and sites rate and subscribe that really help us out thank you so much big shout out and a big thank you to our sponsor chuck bucket chuck it in the bucket this episode is brought to you by the chuck bucket brand new ski rack from a startup out of salt lake city utah it is a trailer hitch rack that's designed to hold eight pairs of skis or four plus snowboards Simple to load for the whole family and easy for anyone to install and uninstall from the hitch. So check it out at thechuckbucket.com. Thechuckbucket.com. Spelled exactly as it said. For anyone who likes to shred in the off-season, they also just launched a bike rack that works with their modular ski rack platform. So the trailer hitch, the stem comes out of the trailer hitch, goes up. You take the bucket off, put on the ski rack. Four bikes, kind of, if this is the back of your SUV, they kind of go like this, like oh, up, along, like along. The doors go like this or like this. They they pretty much contour to the back of your vehicle, which nice. is pretty awesome. Yeah. Check them out again, thechuckbucket.com. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. We really do appreciate it. As we mentioned, Snowbound Expo, Boston, November 18th to 20th. Two weeks away. Two, three, two and a half. Two weeks. Whenever this comes out, it'll be two weeks. I think it's two weeks. I don't even think it's two full weeks. That's about two full weeks from tomorrow. From tomorrow? I'll be in all this time 
yeah, you'll be getting in there. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing, how I'm getting in. I don't know if they're a train or driving, but we will see. I cannot wait. We're super excited. Again, we're rehosting the train. Well, I don't know if Andrea's coming or if we're driving. Like it's uh, it's a thing. Right. It's a thing. Because again, we need someone to watch our little rotten children. Little we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out this weekend. Oh, they're so cute. They're adorable. They're uh, they're cute, but the little the little girl, she's uh she's over just two years old and she just loves scratching people. Like oh, she goes nice. up, she'll just walk up to a little kid that she met and just smile and just scratch their face. That's right. Hey, like that motherfucker. And it was funny on Halloween. So she was dressed as Elsa. And at one point she just got sick of walking around. So she sat in her stroller. We pushed her around and she started just eating her candy from her bucket without us noticing. Uh, and I was like, it's like Elsa with like an eating disorder. Just like sitting there, like full of like candy wrappers and stuff. It was pretty funny. Eating and you're like, what? What happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let it go. She's taking liberties with that candy. Yes. So we're psyched to Snowbound Expo, Bodie Miller, Chris Davenport, Dan Egan, us, lots of other awesome people will be there. We keep adding more people to it too, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. On our stage, we got a lot of cool people. So we got some people. We got some people. So please, snowboundexpo.com. Check it out. If you want tickets, we're supposed to have a code. We never got it. Go there, buy tickets. I think they're still using the Halloween, the one that you posted on the spooky. That one still kind of good, right? good to go. Yeah, I we'll think keep, so. Keep following uh, us on Instagram. Ticket, so. Yeah. Keep checking us out on Instagram and we'll keep reposting anything from Snowbound. If you're still trying to get tickets, Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. Okay, so as usual, I'm on my multiple apre because I like doing a long, healthy apre. It's a um, Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, man. You got to drink like it's a Saturday because you don't know if you're going to live till Sunday. That's what I say. Right? That's so, that words to live by, my friend. Right. It's Wednesday. Drink, Saturday drinking on a, what is it, what is it called? Uh, Saturday drinking on a Wednesday night. Is that a country song? No, but it should be, right? Shouldn't there I be an own country? Sleeping. Nope. Okay. It's beyond country. Yeah, so I started with some wine with dinner. Uh, my wife made a nice little red sauce. I got to say, she did a good job. Really good. So I had a nice little red wine with that, a Chianti. Switched over into my favorite, which is now empty. But this is a weed-infused drink. So I have that. It is very... I got to say, there's a stuff called... Weed? Squeeze. Yeah, weed. <laughs> Squeeze. <laughs> And you buy it in dispensary and it's a, it's an additive. It's like, what do they call it? Like micro molecules of weed or whatever. So it's supposed to absorb quick into your body. And also you can put it in a drink and it kind of diffuses. So that's the intent is you put it in water or you put it in a drink. Uh, I usually don't put too much. I just put a little touch in there. And uh, I tell you, instead of having alcohol, you got that? No hangover. You know, it's fancy it's, microdose. Fancy microdose. Um, I like that. But uh, I got to say, that's that's not bad. You got to get a good flavor, though. I got the watermelon flavor, and it, and it really kind of sucks. So you got to dress it up with other Do they have black flavors. cherry? The, I don't think so. See, black uh, cherry is like the solid flavor. That that whatever. If anything, yeah. you're trying anything new, and they have a black cherry flavor, like Boom. that's usually like a, it's hard to mess that one up. Yeah, it is. Watermelon's I, weird. Watermelon, like watermelon, strawberry, like those colors, those flavors don't really translate into like fake versions. Yeah, sometimes they're really fake or they're crappy, like or they're great. 
You know, this one is not great. And I got to say, word on the street is that the lemon lime is the one to get. because then That's a, It gets a tough one to mess up too. Yeah, lemon lime is right. a solid option. Especially if you make a cocktail. It's Orange, like putting too. a little lemon lime in there. Orange, lemon lime, black cherry. That's like your holy trinity of yeah, right artificial there. flavors that actually taste good. And for some reason, peach. Like if you peach. get the, the peach high noons, delicious. I don't know why. Really? Okay. Yeah. But anyway, so I do that. I do a little bit of a kind of juice i made a fresh blackberry simple syrup Look this weekend you. uh because blackberries are on sale so that's kind of me i squish it up i muddle it cook it a little bit with a little tiny bit of sugar not too much and then so i had that with a little seltzer my little weed juice perfect <laughs> but now i'm moving on to the show uh pray so <laughs> this is just how i roll and <laughs> I found this and I was like, shit, yeah, I got to get it. Cause I haven't had any pumpkin beers so far until now. Until and now. I, and I give you the pumpkin nitro pumpkin nitro. So Southern tier pumpkin is one of my favorites. And we've talked about this. Some, you can find it a lot of times they have it on draft, but I've never seen the pumpkin nitro nitro. Yeah. So wow. it's kind of like the, um, what is it? The uh, the Guinness where you open up the can and there's like a little thing in there. Yeah. Actually, there's no thing. Oh, there is, but it's kind of not the same kind of well, thing. I think, think technology has come a long way in the last like 10 years in terms of being able to nitro things. Yes. They nitro everything now. Coffee. Why not? Everything. You know? I want nitro water. How about that? I want water on nitro. Sure. I don't know why. Liquid death probably has like nitro water. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> So this one is 8.6 ABV, which is pretty, That's pretty no beefy. Joke. That's no joke, no joke, yeah. Oh, it has a good, good, good nose. Imagine if Guinness came out with a pumpkin-flavored beer, like Guinness Pumpkin. Do you think, how long would it take for them to burn down the brewery in Dublin? Well, they came out with that Guinness, what the hell was that? It was like Guinness White or something? The Blonde. Guinness Blonde, that was not... It was gross. I got to say. I think, did you buy like a six pack once at the share house or something? I did. And I tried and I was like, this is gross. I don't know. Yeah. We all try. We're like, this is like, cause Guinness, you're like, Guinness is always solid. You're like, this is really not good. Really not a good choice for them. Um, Why would you do this? This pumpkin's pretty good. I got to say. Guinness pumpkin. I think that should be a thing. Guinness pumpkin, but this is the pumpkin. So it's got the, it um, it looks like what Guinness pumpkin would be. That's right. This looks like I think Guinness would be a little darker. This is a little yeah, amberish. That's true. true. Um, that would be as like if Killian's Irish Red made a pumpkin beer. Yeah, you know this. Uh, this has a flavor like a, a darker beer, but uh, it's it's amber in color. It's not too bad. It's it's pretty good. In recent years, I've really there's there's a difference between the pumpkin spices and the actual pumpkin flavor. And a lot of times your kind of palate gets a little faked out, but this is pretty good. It's not too bad in terms of uh, like a fake pumpkin flavor. Yeah. I think we've, I think we've passed peak pumpkin. Like maybe yeah. like eight or 10 years ago, I mean, eight years ago. That's when it just, the pumpkin just got out of hand. It went off the rails. Um, it just went, it went too big. Yeah. There's that one, the gourd's gone wild. The, um, the uh, cigar city one. Oh, cigar city. Yeah. And that one's really good because they use actual gourds, pumpkin in the in the brewing of it. Yeah. So it's not fake spice; it's actual pumpkin flavor 
in there. Yeah, you sent me a couple of those. Those that was actually very good. It was yeah, a little sweet, but it was good. Yeah, it just doesn't taste like fake stuff in it. Like this, this is good, but if they went a little bit more on it, it would have tasted that little fakeish flavor where you're like, ah, oh, this is just pumpkin spice, not real pumpkin flavor. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But no, it's really good. Solid uh and I like the nitro, it has a little bit creamier flavor, creamier, creamier texture. Oh yeah. Nice. That sounds so, really good. Yeah. Got a little four pack. I was like, yeah, let's try that for the podcast. Beautiful. In addition to my many apres. <laughs> tonight. I'm, so what do you got the sport in there? Mine is actually pretty weak. I will tell you, this has been, like I said, it's been a rough last week and a half or so. I got stuck at work late. I freaking had kids were Halloween, like everything. It's been, it's been madness. Like it always Hello. Halloween. And I'm starting to wonder if I'm getting a tiny bit sick. So oh. I'm wondering, like, you get that feeling in your throat, you're like, oh, this, please don't be me getting sick. Is it sick. real sick or work sick? Like, I got to call out of work because I don't like you, mother, mother effers. Nah, sick. I'm, not going, I'm not going the next three days anyway. So there you uh, go. I'm trying to like bring myself back, trying, <laughs> trying to trying to rally myself, trying to get my body fired up. Now, I've been up at like 5 30 the last two days, Damn. working out getting up early, then commuting to work. So yeah. I've, been, I've been hitting it really hard. That's good. So what I did right now, I just have some matcha green tea and oh. funny story. Not that it's really that funny or interesting. This matcha green tea, I will tell you, I bought this packet back in March of 2020 because Damn. I listened to a podcast with Kevin Rose and he was talking to Dr. Andrew Vile. Now, I think I forget if he was like the surgeon general or he's like some maybe like an author. He's some famous doctor. He's like the big white beard. You've definitely seen oh, him. Dr. Andrew. Um, I thought it was Wheel. Is it Wheel? Wheel. W E I L. Could be yeah. Wheel. Um, to be- dude, he has some great meditations. I've done um, guided meditations. He has a whole thing. Um, yeah. So that guy. That boy, good. That boy, I listened, good. I listened to him. The last day I commuted back in March of 2020, right before I went to Magic and to Okimo and where I got COVID at Tom's Loft. Damn. So he was talking about how he's like, this is not a big deal. COVID is not a big deal. It's just a respiratory virus. You should be fine if you get it. And which I was like, okay, cool. If he said it, that's great. Controversy. Yeah. I'm, sure that, I'm sure they banned it and shut it down, whatever, after he said that. But he sells matcha green tea. And I bought his matcha green tea. And I um, bought this um, mushroom cinnamon spray, which is like a, a immune system booster from you know Paul Stamets. He's like the mushroom guy. There's a Netflix hmm. documentary about the the fantastic fungus or something about how crazy mushrooms are and how healthy they are. But his company makes this mushroom spray. So I bought the matcha green tea, the mushroom spray, took some vitamin C and D, and I still got damn. COVID or the flu, whatever I had in March of 2020. But I still have some matcha left. It's expired, apparently. Apparently it expires. It's just green powder. Apparently. Dude, you should I'm mix it with that four locos you got in that fridge. How old, how old is that thing? Now, look at that four loco. That four loco is pre-COVID. It's pre-Trump. It's barely, it's from like Obama's like first year. Like that's how, <laughs> dude, how about that's I bring a, the four loco to Boston? Oh, dude, we got we to gotta off celebrity auction. I wonder if it has a born on date on it. I got to check that out. Or it might uh, have there's a that show date. where people, there's that show where those guys eat like stuff 
from cans from like 20, 30 years ago. And they're just like, I think we should break. I'm out like, I'm surprised they're still alive. I think we should. Yeah. I think we should bring it out there and maybe like know, the Saturday the night the last day, just break it out. Saturday, the end night, of the yeah. Saturday night. We should like break out the four logo. Boom. We should get like a special glass case for it. Oh. <laughs> or, like, or get like, or we should get some, a couple people with white gloves. Like when they carry out the Stanley cup. They bring it out. Like, Here's ooh, the four loco. The four loco. <laughs> Has to be in like a nice little cooler, still cold. The get temperature can't get below drink it out of. Oh yeah, we got to get some some chalices to drink that thing. Got to have some chalices. You, you can't drink that out of a regular cup. I'm going to the green tea. The real sight, and I'm trying to. Stupid They're canceling internet. him. They're canceling him for some reason. Apparently, who knows? Cancel because we we mentioned him. Tip mentioned him. The right on us. Elon Musk. We mentioned him too. Do they cancel us Uh-oh. for that? Canceled everything. Cancel. <laughs> you see everything just go green screen. Whoa. Gets dark. Or blue screen of death, whatever it is. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the app right today. Let's go to ski news. Snow is falling all across the West. <laughs> So a bunch of places have already opened. Winter Park, Colorado, Keystone, A-Basin opened last week. Announced today, Mammoth is opening 11-5. Boom. Was that Saturday? Out in California. And Brian Head is going to be the first resort to open in Utah. 11-4, Friday. Bam. Ski season. Off to a roaring, beautiful start that's awesome i was looking a little uh a little sparse there for a bit but all of a sudden a couple feet dropped in uh, colorado and utah and skiing out in minnesota and michigan it's a, it's a beautiful thing so if you're out there getting turns my sister she's out at a basin she's already sending me pictures and i hate her for doing that but you know you gotta go up to her chosen. and say we love brian's show that's all you gotta say Yes. Uh, if you, you run know, into her, say I love Brian Shaw. That's it. She'll hate you so much. It, I would really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So That's, she's. I don't know what she's doing. She's out there. Um, I think she has. The, I, I think she has the A Basin tick. I don't think like she has an Epic Pass, but she also, I think, just has an A Basin season pass. I don't think she has the icon, but no. I don't know. It does not concern me. I will get out there. This year, our buddy Nick, he moved out there also. So we got our friend yeah, David Nick Clark. How far is Nick from there? From A Basin? <clears throat> yeah. It's probably a solid hour and then 40 minutes. Damn. Yeah, he's uh he's south of Denver. Did but... he buy a snowcat yet? Because that's how I want to go. I think he has an offer in, on one. I'm sure. Yeah. That'd be great. But he's uh, he's ready and raring to go. So we have to get out there and ski with him this year. No excuses. No excuses. No excuses well, we're going to have our Olympic uh, gold passes to go ski. Yes, USA Gold. Then. USA right. Gold. Yeah. God, and know, other- every time we talk about that and I look up the pass, I get so jealous of who can afford it. I, I love it, but I'm just kind of, damn it. That'd be, that's it's, the ultimate. I'm less jealous of them being able to afford it I'm more jealous of them having the time to justify spending the money on it. Because you but could it's just transferable. Buy it. 
but that's the one like it is transferred. Mm -hmm. So I could share it, but like, I'm going to use it for a month then give it to somebody else for a month, give it to you for two days. Like you just pass it around. But be honest, if you can spend $15,000 on that pass, or don't you want to use it on yourself? If you really want to transfer it. Could I just want, I want to be the person who has like two months off who could actually just use it like January and February. I'm skiing like every day. I just like the system. How about this? We do a new hinge bot with a pass built in. Hitch and then see pass. if if he goes to every ski resort. That would be kind of cool. I wonder if it's possible to counterfeit the USA Gold. I wonder Ooh. if you go on Alibaba. Like, is there like a fake USA Gold pass that would work? Like, I don't know. If you, go to, if you go to Philly, you'll probably find one. I hate that. How do you even use it? Like, how do you use the USA Gold pass? Just walk in. And the gold just resonates and they like, say, welcome in here, sir. Could you just take like one of those like old CDRs that was golden color and just like wear that on your neck and be like, yeah, this is a <laughs> USA gold pass. I'm good. Gonna, gonna go in the line now. Let's keep going up. Don't bother me. Like, Unlimited, unrestricted it? access to 200, more than 250 ski results. In 34 states with no blackout dates. Fully transferable. So you can loan it to friends, family, coworkers, and staff. Exclusive perks, including VIP tour of U.S. Ski and Snowboard Center of Excellence Training in Park City. Tax benefits. You can, it's tax deductible. That's a donation. And you're supporting U.S. athletes. Can you like snap it in half and share with somebody? <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah. At resorts where direct lift access is not available, you present it at the tickets office and you get a one-day lift pass. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. I just wonder um, if people like may, people, maybe 50, use up to 50 days per season at each participating ski area. 50 days at each. <laughs> at each. So you could out of you all 200 that are uh, that are part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh if your if your pass is lost. The foundation will issue a replacement gold pass with the receipt of a hundred dollars for the to cover the replacement cost. So even if you lose it, like you just be like, oh, I forgot my gold pass. What are they? How much is it going for? There's only four hundred and fifty that they actually sell. Damn! I, you got to reserve it. You can't just buy it. I think back when we found this, it was just buy the pass now. And we're like, wow, it's really expensive and. Now you can't you can't even get it. They only sell four hundred and fifty of them. Damn, which is kind of ridiculous. Like you think if they want to make some money off this, wouldn't they want to sell more? Have yeah, the richest Olympic team in the in the like, nation. How many people are like, oh, you know what? Let's get one for the whole family. Yeah, it's only sixty grand. Damn, yeah. it doesn't even say how much it is. That's true. It does. Like, Let me oh, get frequently asked questions. Maybe it's on there. How much does this damn thing cost? If you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> As the old saying goes. You'd be surprised. You get some Smithers guy up there, some Mr. Burns that's like, I can't pay a penny over 10000 Yeah. Damn. Apparently, it can survive a normal abuse, but it should not go to the washing machine or dryer as this may damage and deactivate the card. Hmm, so there you go. Oh, wait, they have a list of gold pass members. Uh -oh. you, can, you get your name immortalized here. 
You're just doxing these people. Now you can look the people up on Google and try to figure out where they live and take their gold pass. That's right. Oh, it doesn't have them on there. You have a login. That would be madness. Madness, I say. So it lets you know who they are if you're a member to say, hey, would you like to get together? And I'm, I'm going to be in, I'm going to ride my helicopter out to. Uh, yeah, I wonder if there's, if there's some like special app where people who have the pass can connect. Dude, that's, that's like Tinder. Be like a Tinder for right US there. gold right there. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at like eyes, price. Like special, like eyes wide shut party you have, like when you pick up your pass. <laughs> All they're wearing, you're just wearing a mask, like a face mask, a bird mask, just butt and, naked. and your gold pass. That's all you're wearing. Gold pass, you just butt naked. Like lots that's of, it. Fidelio. Thick thighs around, just glorious. Uh, oh, they're saying for a secure de- donation of $15,000 a year. There you go. Inflation, How much bro. of that portion is tax deductible? I want to know. Yeah, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop the bomb on two of these. <laughs> one for me, one for you. Family pass. It's like Dumb and Dumber, right? Dude, uh, let's I'm get good. two in case we want. Because <laughs> we have a friend to come ski with us. I get one of these. I'm bringing a whole bunch of inner city kids going up to the mountain. Be like, come on, kids. You got an hour. You come back. You get an hour. You go into this thing and just go ski. Why not? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Anyway, what's not horrible is that Jay Peak has finally officially closed the deal and is now a member of Pacific Group Resorts. Boom. They locked it in. They approved the $76 million bid. And lo and behold, they're finally owned by another company after six and a half years of what you call it, limbo or. Pregnant pause. Unsure futures. Like it was just a kind of crazy pur- uh, purgatory they were in for a bit. So yeah. congratulations, Jay Peak, the folks up there. The only thing that makes me mad about this story is you didn't buy it. Our bid for $74 million was not taken because we were up in. If we, had, if we didn't have to buy those USA gold passes, we would have had a little bit of extra money to buy JP. You know, and we we're arguing with our accountants saying, no, let's go for 76 or 77 million. We would have had it right now. But no. Shouldn't have nothing. bought all that goddamn Dogecoin. God damn it. What the hell yeah. were you thinking? He spent it on Dogecoin and PCP. Ah! <laughs> Doge. Yeah. So. Damn it. You know, Danny you win George some, you lose some. That's that's pretty much how life works. Thanks, Elon. Yeah. All right, next up, we got Ted Ligety partners with Carve, the two-time Olympic gold medalist and five-time world alpine skiing champion Ted Ligety shares secrets of a perfect ski turn as he announces a new partnership with Carve, C-A-R-V, which is a training system that measures your skiing in real time. It's pretty interesting. It hooks up to an app on your phone and there's a little transponder that you put on your, I believe you put on like the top of your boot. And as you ski, it measures everything you're doing, the way you turn and all the different things it's registering, your speed, your, you know, where you're going. It even does like, it has inserts. So it measures the foot pressure in your boot while you're skiing. So it's kind of cool. If you think about all the stuff that's going into this, is the geometry behind 
knowing where like the angle your your legs are and your boot is and the pressure within the boot and they use that to come up with recommendations and coaching on your ski technique so there's real-time audio that does coaching drills and concepts built by ted to give you advice of a master every step of the way it's very interesting. I like yeah, this. this is super cool. Like they show, they have a, a number that comes up with, it's called your ski IQ. And yeah, it takes your, like your, the angle of your turn, the like the edge analysis, the edge similarity, the, like the timing of your edging. Like it's, it's really pretty sweet. All the stuff it gives you. And it kind of shows where your score is like, are you beginner? Are you intermediate, advanced, or pro? And a lot of that's based on your the angle that you can get your skis at. Hmm. And they said the pressure too that you're able to put on that. We haven't tried it out yet. This is something we should reach out to these people and see if we can do this because this would be really fun to learn. Because you always it's so funny to like think about what you think you look like when you're skiing, and then to use something like this, or maybe have some video footage, and you're like. Oh, oh, that's that's what I look like. I don't look like freaking Ted Liggety ripping GS turns like I thought I did. Exactly. So it's about from what I'm seeing here, it's about $199 for the device. And then they have memberships, which I guess provide the updates and the advice and all that stuff. So unlimited pass for one year is $199. Two years unlimited is $149 per year. What if you have a USA Gold ski pass? Do you just get it? I think it should come with it. Like, why Seriously. wouldn't this be a partnership? So for 497 bucks, you get two years of coaching plus the devices. You're good to go. In two years, you should be a pro. You, you should be in the Olympics. I think that would should, be awesome to do a study. Should, you sh- could definitely make the Puerto Rican ski team. Oh, can you imagine with that? this. Just start yeah, our with buddy people Benji, Jamaican ski team, right? Yeah, but I would love to see that. Would be a great study as a, psycho- a former psychology major. Like that would be a good study. You have people that don't have this, and people that do have this, and you put them out on the mountain. See who see who like goes further with this. Double blind placebo study, right? Boom. That's right. Yeah, and we'll do this with microdosing meth or something like that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just to make it, just make it like, you know, fun. <laughs> that so that's our third group, right? <laughs> that's that's, that's the, the wild card. They're like they're just like all wound up, like wild card group. <laughs> that's right. They didn't learn how to ski, but they did a lot of digging. That's about it. You know what's really cool about this too? This is something that if you're skiing alone, like you know, a lot of times it's it's fun to ski with groups, but say you like have a bunch of times where you're you're just skiing by yourself. This would be awesome to have in those times where you could really kind of focus if if this is your thing and how to improve your technique, your turning, your your angles, your edge um early edging. Like I could see myself getting like super obsessed if I had this. You know, just like yeah. always wanting to like better your score. Like, oh, look, I got a 92. It's like, oh, I got 94. It's like, oh, I'm getting 95 next time. Like this this is pretty sweet. I like this. And, you know, got having something like Ted Ligeti being one of the guides in there. That's, that's super cool. But I like how it's focused on 
your skill level, right? Not on. So I remember the ski apps that we would put on and, and I remember trying them for a while. Always speed. And it would be speed. And people were like, yep. I'm going 80 miles an hour. I'm going 70 miles. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's true, but I don't, whatever. Why? Right. Like after a while, you're like, okay, that's cool once in a while, but that's all some people would do. Like I went the fastest. It doesn't on the make you a better skier going 70 miles an hour. Right. Like I want to grab a little trophy out of my pocket, but like, here you go, buddy. You need this more than I do. You know what I mean? Like, like why? Like if you want to prove something, enter a competition, enter a really fast skiing competition. Yeah. It was part of the Olympics at one time, right? Speed but skiing, bringing it back. We had an interview buddy with Jacob. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I want to get this. I want uh, to become a we gotta better reach out. skier. I'm going to reach out to him now. I'm writing him down. Right now. Are they going to be at the Snowbound Expo? I think they might be. If they are, we're... Uh, I think they might be. I'm looking right now. Carve at Snowbound Expo. Find them. Well, speaking of American male Olympians, <laughs> there was a really cool article that came out last week in Bloomberg by our pal Gordy Megro, who we spoke to last year, who wrote that 100 Slopes of Lifetime book for National Geographic. Yeah, he did an cool. article about Bodie Miller's new skis that are a testament to a 15-year quest for perfection. Nice. So we've talked about it over the last probably year or so since it was announced that Bodie Miller came out with his new ski brand, Peak Skis. What's cool about this article, though, kind of goes into the history of why he did this and, and what took so long. So this is really cool. So during the 2004 season, uh, New Hampshire native got a pair of skis from Rosignol, his sponsor at the time, that were extremely stable and smooth, yet also easy to turn, a trifecta that's hard to achieve, especially in race skis. His, uh, my ability to adjust to terrain was miraculously better, said Miller. But from a design standpoint, I had no idea why this particular pair of skis was better than anything else out there. Miller piloted the skis that season to three Alpine skiing World Cup giant slalom wins and clinched his only overall title in that discipline. The next season, he signed a lucrative contract with Atomic and the beloved pair of Rosignols, which had been raced and filed so much that they were hardly any metal edge remaining were passed on to Thomas Grandi, a Canadian racer who proceeded to win two races of his own, the only World Cup victories of his 16-year career. Eventually, Miller got his hands on the skis again. This time, he dissected them to find out what made them superior. Nice. The secret sauce he discovered was a manufacturing flaw. Rosignol engineers normally glued a vibration-damping device to the tip of the ski. But in five pairs that were produced prior to the 2004 season, including the pair Miller raced on, they cut a hole through the metal in the ski and stuck the device to its wood core. Oh. Miller believes this was done because the glue the company was using to adhere the anti-vibration device to the ski's top sheet wasn't working. Once what? they got better glue, they went back to sticking it to the top of the ski. Hmm. So a manufacturing flaw was was possibly the reason why the ski was better. That's pretty wild. Isn't that crazy? So for 15 years, he dreamed of building a consumer version of those skis, but it wasn't until he co-founded Peak in 2021 that he was able to finally realize that. 
And the rest of the article kind of goes on to talk about, you know, how they just released their new skis. It's a bold claim. And Gordy took out these skis out on a basin, uh, back in May. So, you know, not exactly the best time of year to be, to be skiing, but he said that these skis were actually a lot more fun than he expected them to be. Uh, really easy to pilot and he said he was going to just do a couple of runs and end up spending the whole day on them so hmm. man interesting that you know you got someone like Bodie Miller who you know could have any ski he wants and decided that he wants to just do his own thing and I could have every ski I want I had them all up and shaped and non-shaped I had them all over the world that's that's the uh, godfather right yeah them all over the world yeah (laughs) she was the greatest piece of ass i ever had and i had them all over the world (laughs) but yeah it talks about uh you know just kind of going on the how they formed the company how they're able to raise money the initial run of skis they call it the keyhole technology based on that that flaw in the original rosignol they actually build them in the elon factory in slovenia which is kind of interesting they just talk about a few other things, like other companies they're working with. They... I remember when they came out with that dampening thing, and it was weird. And I was mm-hmm. like, kind of afraid. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is. It's just kind of strange that it was there. But Elon was has done it since, right? And Rosie, they did it for a while, and then do they do it on? They don't do it on all their skis, but they did it on a some, few. Right? I think a few still use that. Yeah, yeah. But what's cool is too is they're working with a German manufacturer that makes industrial equipment that they're looking to automate the ski building process. And they said they would love to see a ski that costs no more than 300 bucks. And these cost eight ninety. How about a ski that costs 30 bucks? Like the Yugo of skis might not be great. You might break your ass, but how about 30 bucks? At least it's it's cheap. Out the door. That's right. There you go. It comes with boots. Why not just take a shoelace and and attach your you know hiking boot to the ski, right? Why not? If you want to be cheap, even, we can be cheap. Even this, you just weld a ski boot to it, and that's it. You well, get, yeah, why not? Perfect. You get boot. They come with ski. That's it. Perfect. Be like the the Putin brand. Putin. Putin skis. <laughs> so there you go. So this article is pretty awesome. We'll have a link in the show notes. If you link, sometimes you click on the link and it, like Bloomberg makes you pay, but yeah, we don't pay for it. We'll provide the link that should be the free I haven't one, paid for allegedly. A, I haven't paid for a piece of news in all my life. There you go. And we're begging people to pay us to, for our podcast, and yet we're stealing money from all these fine folks. We're not stealing yeah. money. It's all out there. They get everything from AP. Now, if they create an article, they should get paid. They get it from AP, F them. They did actually create this article themselves. So that's good. Then, then it deserves a paywall. But it's weird how it's free sometimes. I don't quite understand that. Put the link in. They got to give Your you a taste. may vary. Let you wet your beak. Wet your beak. You got to come back. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> another mafia reference. Yep. <laughs> All right. On a sad note, let's bring it down. The creator of the Red Bull Empire, Dietrich Mateschitz, he passed away at the age of 78. So he's an Austrian salesman turned a Thai energy drink into a juggernaut that owns owns not owned sports teams media outlets and a winning formula one crew which this weekend i was watching and they were competing for a record of wins as a formula one crew and i'm like 
all from a freaking energy drink. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And we've talked about Red Bull in the past, you know, just again, being amazed at this bizarre mix of flavors. And again, I never knew it was a Thai recipe, but this article, you know, talked about it. Did I? That's crazy. Yeah. He was a salesman and somehow decided to take this concoction that he'd found in his travels as a salesman and turn it into one of the most recognized brands in extreme sports and beverages in general. I mean, absolutely crazy. It's incredible. He used to be a, a sold. He was a salesman for a company that made personal hygiene products and toothpaste and discovered the elixir sold in Asian pharmacies as pick-me-ups for workers and truckers. And I uh, said he got in touch with the maker of one of them, Kalio Uvidia, whose drink Krothing Dang translates into English as Red Bull. 78 years old is not that old these days. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, I don't know how involved he was in the day-to-day operations of his companies. It's but, pretty old if you have like 20 Red Bulls a day. Just say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is it better to burn out than fade away? I mean, it's the question you got to ask. This guy, again... Well, I guess he's he, touched he lives. He wasn't... Like that yeah. young when he came up with the Red Bull thing then. You know, if he was... No, no. He had to be so. like in his least 30s or 40s at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it seems like the last portion of his life was probably pretty freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. You think he had a pool full of Red Bull? That would have been the way to go. Our hot tub. Hot tub. <laughs> like, Red Bull hot tub time machine. Or like his sprinkler system <laughs> just like shot out Red Bull, you know? It's like a hot tub filled with Chernobyl. Yeah. Think of that. Like the entire just Red Bull on everything. You must have to, right? Yeah. Or like a why moat. What about a moat? Ooh, a Red Bull moat. A moat. Imagine you have crocodiles in your moat that's made of Red Bull. <laughs> Remember the jerk where he had like the, the dispenser of wine <laughs> and he had like the wine glasses in the cup things that came yeah. out, but they were actual glasses? Yeah. How about that? Like you just, you're playing tennis and you want a Red Bull. Boom. That could work. I like that. Yeah. So very unfortunate. But they've touched lives. Think about it's not just branding, right? They've supported race teams. They support crashed ice, right? Yeah. The the uphill snow car racing they do. Like all these sports they funded when I think fluke they would have talk. struggled. The fluke tug. Yeah, yeah. Which damn it, I wish I was in a city where they where they run that. Yeah, the fluke um, tug, then they had that the the air racing too. Yes, they still do the air racing. It's yeah, they, they do so many different things. They they have a full media studio. Yeah. You know, they're creating movies. And the guy that jumped from the, uh, what the hell is his name? He jumped from the... Uh, Nolan Baumgarten. Yeah, Gardner. the the highest, what is it? The free skydive, fall, free fall, whatever. Into a net, no yeah. parachute. Yeah. Like, think I mean, of all the insane things that has come from Red Bull. They have sponsored these. In They have made like superheroes out of people by sponsoring stuff. I mean, and isn't that crazy? Like he wasn't even like an extreme sports athlete. He was a hygiene product salesman. Yeah. And he built a extreme sports empire. That's pretty cool. It's so crazy. Somebody took it and ran with it. It was, it's a genius 
it's not even a concept. It's just a genius way he marketed his brand. And it's, it's amazing the, the level that they went to, you know, uh, and that they still are, you know, they're, they're not done. They're a big, fully functioning multinational corporate machine, which is pretty amazing from starting from these little tiny cans of drink that would be in the best ways you'd see the little vans, the Red Bull van. It's like, you can't get it except from the Red Bull van. And then you go to a bar and you'd see the Red Bull in its own little cooler. Like it was very protected. Like, you know, those little cars, those little cars driving around the Red Bull can was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. Like mini Coopers and and something else. Yeah. They made it fun. The way they market it was like, cool. You want to, you want to drink one, you know? So they make all these obviously like TV films, but is there actually like a documentary about Red Bull? There may be one coming out soon. I don't know. Because if you type in Red Bull documentary, it just links to all their movies and like the documentaries that Red Bull does about like the ex Alps. Yeah. There's all the film, all the, like they have a whole film studio they create. Like there's level on top of level of stuff they've done instead of just selling a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's something called Red Bull, the real story behind the can. Man. The Art of Flight, the seminal f- snowboard film. Red Bull Studios has new documentary, How Sports Changed the World. Like there's there's so mm. many just movies about things. Like they took a page out of the Budweiser advertising machine and they took it to another level because they, they created like video and movies and, and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's this little 13-minute thing called The Real Story Behind the Can. Oh. Kind of cool. I have to look up the real... If anybody has or finds the real best Red Bull documentary on the creator, let us know. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Rest in peace, Dietrich. And that wraps up the ski news. So now we're going to roll into the main topic. And Mario, you actually were just on a call where you got a lot of cool information about some new products that are coming either to us in this upcoming season or that have been made aware to us in this upcoming season. So why don't you hit us with all that crazy good knowledge you just got? So I'll just hit the highlights, the uh, the points, talking points. There were a lot of good uh, people on there. We had representatives from Head, Vocal, Del Bello Marker, uh, Ski Talk, Phil Puglisi, which we're going to see at the snow show, who does Pug Ski. Let's see, Dave Simpson from Verde PR. He had a lot of stuff to talk about, like boots and stuff. It was very interesting. Eric Henderson, Meteorite PR. Sven Brunso from Leaky. From Lakey, sorry, Lakey. They actually rebranded, which is interesting that he showed the difference in the logos. If you look at the Lakey logo, um, it's very different now, which it's kind of different but subtle. And there's a lot that goes into rebranding any brand. And he did say their ambassadors go out and they have to stress that it's Lakey, not Lecky, Lakey. Lakey. Um, yeah, which I was like, wow, I learned something today. And then Richie Silver and Mike Roth, 
Yeah, no, it was, it was a good podcast. So some of the big things I learned, 34% of soft tissue damage in ski injuries, 34% is from knee injuries, and it's all soft tissue damage, a lot of ACL injuries, and they're saying it's from the backward twisting fall, otherwise known as the phantom foot, where you actually mm. slip backwards. That was Andrew Cooper weight from, from head, and he was talking like they do all these studies about the angle and the incidents and, and trying to go through all this stuff and with doctors, and he had like all these charts to show about uh, the angles they use when they when they plan out how a ski binding releases. They look at like where's the most common places of injury. So they go through all that and they and basically at the end of the thing, he was saying a lot of stuff that's coming out now and some of the other speakers that spoke after were actually talking about now they have some of the bindings that are the most safest that you've ever had in your lifetime. But in the same sense, leading into uh, another topic, like they were talking about these bindings and the boots and stuff like that. And if you look at boot technology, right, it's starting to advance where people want to be able to walk in their boots when they're, you know, off the mountain or they're après or something like that. And now with COVID, a lot of people are walking more because they're parking far in the parking lot and they're walking to you know, the lodge where you couldn't suit up because the lodges were closed because of COVID. Right. Yeah. So now kind of like the, the market's adapted because people, that's what they want. So if you look at your boots now and you look at your bindings, boots and bindings used to years ago, they were saying boots and bindings used to match. So you didn't have to worry about it. You got boots, you got binding, you flop you know, some bindings on some new skis, you get new boots, who cares, right? But now as you get new boots, the profile of the boots are different because some of them are made a little bit rockered so that you can walk easier when you're not clipped in. And they have like, you know, different thicknesses. So what happens is you put your new boot into an old binding and you don't realize that it might be not allowing the clearance that you're used to. Phil from from Ski Talk, he was talking about it, and we're going to talk to him a little bit more about about it at the show. He was actually saying it's it's very interesting. Like people don't realize that it is something to worry about when you get, you know, you have old pair of skis, or or he mentioned he's like, you know, everybody has their rock skis or their you know early season skis or late season skis, whatever. And they're usually like older and they have older bindings, but now you're putting your new boot into that older binding and you might not have the proper clearance that you, you need. And think about, you know, one of the things that went through in my head is what about blowing out your ACL on rock skis on a crappy spring ski day? Or even not worse than a really like a late October day. Oh, it would just be horrible. Right. So yeah. it's kind of made me start thinking, I'm like, you know, but, but then I said, I'm like, well, how do you check your skis? And and they were like, you know, you kind of have to have a professional look at them or something, you know, just, just kind of check them out or, you know what, do that upgrade and get newer bindings or something and make sure that the bindings match what your profile of your boot is. You had that problem with your boot, didn't you? Well, the issue that I had was that I got a new pair of boots a couple, well, more than a couple of years now. Those are the, uh, had the walk- ones, right? Yeah. The Lang uh, boots that I got, they are the uh, XT 130s. 
And it was the first version of the XT-130s that came out. And it had the walk-to-ride footbeds on there. Nice. Or the, um, that's not even the right term, is it? Because the footbeds are goes inside. The, um, what is the outside is the toe thing, right? Like the grip walk. Uh, so it has, it has, has the pins for the front for the touring bindings. Yes. So it needs like a, it needs the walk to ride bindings so that the boot can clip into it. And the skis that I had, which I only had for like less than a year, had just like a regular pair of, you know, regular marker bindings on there. So what I had to do was, well, (laughs) what I did was, because this is the kind of person I am, I bought myself new skis and new bindings and gave my wife (laughs) that old pair of that, that old, not even a year old pair of skis and uh, adjusted for her bindings. Gift that keeps giving. I think it was nice. Many others would think I am I'm a selfish prick, but I want to think that. So yeah, <laughs> cheap so, bastard. That's what they say, right? Yeah. So it has the grip walk. Yeah, because of that, it, it required like a different a different binding in there. So that was that was my issue. That's the thing that's tough too. Is like if you do get a new pair of boosts, a lot of times you got to have your your bindings adjusted because sometimes they're just not the right. Either it's the even if you if you haven't grown and you're an adult, it might be that the width of the boot is different or the length is a little bit different. Because wasn't that an issue that you had too? Because you didn't have the walk to rides on there. But when you got your new boots, wasn't it just a little bit like too long or too short to fit into your the way your bindings were set up? Yes. What happens is you have that. What's there's that the last. That's the the term for the, the last. Mm-hmm. Was the centimeters of like your boot millimeters? Right? Yeah. So if you actually give that, I think that's where if you do like the ski butlers because we've done that before, where you give the last, you give that number to them. They have the millimeters that your boot is, so they can adjust it without even seeing you. And then when you get there, it should just fit in. They just have like a whole little scale thing, and boom, your your foot fits right in there. Your boot fits right in. But then what I had was I got boots that were a little bit bigger. The last was bigger. And the way the bindings were mounted on the skis that I like, which are my blizzards that are still sitting up there. there I go. It actually shifted my center of gravity back a few inches. It was mm. probably like two inches, inch and a half, which is a decent amount, especially when they were perfectly balanced. And it's weird. I, I would, I try the skis now and now I don't, I haven't skied on them as much as I used to, but when I was skiing on them a lot, I noticed it right away. I was like, holy crap, this is like totally different. Like it's, a, it's like a new ski. It's like not the same responsiveness. It was a little floppier. It was weird, hmm. but it was like being like an inch and a half to two inches back from the center of where I was, which, which you can do if that's how you want your setup. But I was used to being perfectly balanced on the middle. And it, it kind of messed me up. So I actually yeah. took them and I had them remounted because I'm a jackass, I guess. But uh, it just, it didn't feel right. It was really weird. Something to think about. But there's also too, they were talking about with the walkability of some of these new boots, there's like a coating or a, like, it, it's almost like a rubberized, but it's actually like a different type of plastic on the bottom. So it takes up some space. And then also the front, if you look at front bottom of the boot, 
it's almost like this heel, you know, like a toe heel, you can actually change. So if it wears out, a lot of times they have bolts in it. So you can actually change out that front piece if it wears out, but it's adding a lot of extra, you know, thickness to that front part. And it's not an even thickness throughout. It's usually, you know, thinner in front and then it tapers wider in the back so that when you're walking, it's easier because your toe has a little bit, you know, you could rock on it a little bit. That's a little bit more natural of a walk. It was very interesting to hear that because I was like, I never even thought about that, you know? Yeah, right. But yeah, so something with the new technologies that are coming out, you really have to start thinking, you know, with the new technologies, it's not as easy to just flop out bindings or flop out boots. It's, uh, you kind of have to, it makes you think a little bit. Well, that's the thing too, is you really need to, if you're going to get something, you almost need to like get everything at once. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to go buy new boots, it's like, well, then buy your bindings and skis afterwards so that everything is going to fit correctly. And you will be officially in the poorhouse because you'll have just dropped like $2,500, $3,000. Penny or pound, right? <sighs> Does it bring you joy? Does it spark joy to have new boots and new bindings? Maybe yeah. not the first time you're in your boots. Let's be honest. Those first couple of times can be a little bit rough. First time I but, was in my new boots, I loved them. Since then, loved them. Best best purchase I ever made. <laughs> I thought my feet were going to explode the first time I wore these things. Really? I, I was cursing. I was cursing the uh, Surefoot because I, I, I thought I could just drop in, put these things on, just jump on the mountain, and it'd be like I had worn them for six months. I was in such pain. I could barely take my foot out of the boot. I was just in pain for like a half an hour. See, I was a little prima donna when they were doing one. I'm like, nope, the the ankle, you have to blow out this. You got to do, do it. Do it again. Do it again. I'm like hitting the guy. But like, <laughs> just, like, do like a hot poker. <laughs> the best was our buddy Nick standing by us saying, get those damn boots. Like he wanted to drive. Like, it's snowing. We could be skiing right now. Yeah, he's like, we could be skiing or we'd be getting the hell out of here back home because it was like, it was forecast like for four feet to drop. And we're like, we can't spend the night over because like we got to get back home for work. It was just, it was funny. But anyway, um, they spent a good amount of time. I tell you what, those boots have been, I'll walk around. I don't even have to un, un, undo them. Like I love them. And my only problem is they're comfortable all the time. So I never notice if the walk or the ski mode is in because it has that like little thing on the back and I'll ski sometimes half a day and be like, you know, the, the, the bindings don't feel right. I wonder if it's the boot or the bindings. And then I look, I'm like, I'm in walk mode. I'm like, what the hell is going on with me? So if that's your biggest problem, you're doing pretty good. I don't know. I gotta say it's doesn't kill my skiing, but I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah. I, uh, I've gotten very used to mine now. I, I really do like them. I actually, like you mentioned before the, the bottom part, the footbed, I don't mm. forget the walk, uh, the grip walk rubber soles that my boots have. Yeah. Last beginning of last season, when I had my skis tuned, the guys like these barely pass our inspection because of how like kind of chewed up they were the nice yeah. thing is you can buy new pads which of course i got at the end of last season and you would think with 
all of the time in the summer, I would have replaced them at this point. But of Not course, they're still in the box. But luckily, it's only it's four screws per pad. So, you know, one in the front, one in the back for each ski. So, you know, you 16 go. screws. Not bad. Got to do it sooner or later. And the one thing about those grip walk boots, if you do have them, and you do a lot of walking, like I'm not talking like walking in the snow, talking like walking through parking lots where there's gravel yeah. and crap. I would recommend getting some of those little covers, the like those rubber. Yeah. They look almost like I don't almost know, like crampons. Like crampons. Yeah. You kind of put them on and They're like and, rubber though. Yeah. And it goes over your um the rubber walking pads. Cause you might want to preserve them as much as possible. Doesn't yeah. hurt. And they're like, you know, 30 bucks, whatever. Not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting that they did, you know, so you got to like, look at the matchup of your gear. Um, Always buy new gear every year. That's the moral of the story. New gear every Put year. 3,000 aside. You're already buying a USA gold pass for 15 grand. What's three grand more for new skis, boots, and bindings? Yeah. Well, I got to be a Ebenezer Scrooge skimping MF or like, just come on, be baller. Just do it. And Life if you want short. us to advertise for you, contact at skibonpodcast.com. That's all I'm saying. What are you going to do? Are you going to get like in a couple extra doses of morphine when you're in hospice in your 90s? Like, is that really going to be important at that point? Let your kids pay for that at that point. Buy right. skis now while you're able-bodied and you can. That's right. Do it That's now. our advice. Do it now and do it often. Bye, bye, bye. That's right. Keep the economy rolling. <laughs> All right. So then they had Eric Anderson from Meteor at PR. He was talking about two things he was talking about, which I didn't realize. And I, I we had somebody sponsor us with ski wax before a ski wax that was environmental friendly. And he was talking about it. And if you think about ski wax, you put it on and it scrapes off, put it on, scrapes off, put it on, scrape. you keep doing that on the mountain. And it's not that big of a deal while you're skiing, but the whole problem is after everything melts, that goes into your drinking water. So I'm like, yeah, it, I didn't think it was that big of a deal until I thought about like, if you're applying wax every time and it's coming off, like, yeah, that, that, that could add up, right. With, the, with yeah. the number of people. So I thought that was interesting. He also showed this, this thing called Car- Cardo Outdoor, which is a, they have this thing called the pack talk. And what it does is they all connect to each other to create like this mesh network. So the more people you have with these, like the better it is. And the application is like, if you're either out with a buddy or a few friends, or if you're like an instructor with a bunch of kids, like this thing is great. You can have two way radio real time, like communication while you're skiing. And it was pretty cool. It's like a wireless hands-free intercom and you can just talk with anybody. So it's pretty I got to say that was, that was very interesting. So by mesh network, does that mean that the more people you have, the better it works? Yes. So everybody's connected to everybody. So then what happens if somebody goes offline, you're still, everybody still maintains that connection. And I guess it it looks for the optimal path when you're communicating. So it's the more people, the better the connection. It's kind of like what they have for your house, right? Like you have a mesh network. Mm-hmm. So you put these all these repeaters on, but they all talk to each other and connect. So if one is out of connection with the main area, it's still connected to another device. So it kind of has like replicated like connectivity. Okay. 
So it was very cool. That was neat. And then and that pretty much gives you like hands-free communications, right? While yes. So like you know, I have my outdoor outdoor research the pods. Yeah. The chips. The chips. They call them, and those things are great. I love them. They actually have ones that are two-way radios, but I think you got to press them, and then you can talk to each other. Uh, I got to say, on the mountain, those things work great. I'll have conversations while I'm on the phone skiing. People don't know I'm skiing. Like <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Like I got to say, those those things are great. And it here it sounds like ambient noise because it's in your ear pads. Uh, it sounds like ambient noise, not noise canceling no, uh, music. Um, it sounds like they're playing music on the on the ski slope when I'm going down. It's pretty cool. So it's like that whole, like, it doesn't take you out of the experience, really. It's it, there yeah. more for enhancement. Yeah. Right. So I'll have it on. I'll have a full conversation with people and hear everything that's going on. Uh, but I got my music playing. It's like, it sounds like it's coming from further away. It's pretty interesting. Got Taylor Swift blasting. It's just blasting. Like she's singing on the mountain while I'm having a conversation with you going like, yeah, I don't know about Taylor Swift. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a nice little kickoff getting ready for the expo. Some of them are going to be at the expo. Some of them are representing, they're doing PR. So, so a lot of good stuff there. I, yeah. I found that whole thing about the, the ski boots. So fascinating though, about how they don't work with the older bindings. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it's still just bizarre and amazing that they're, that it, it has changed that much. Yeah. They say it'll either not work or it just won't fit right. And some people don't realize it won't fit right. They'll just wedge it in there and be like, yeah, I'm going to ski. <laughs> Good but you're actually. The same guy's going to ski his legs into shape, right? That's right. I'm going to ski my legs into shape. <laughs> I'm going to do in these bindings uh, where the boot doesn't fit into the binding. Why not? <laughs> but what you wind up doing though, is like the danger of that is you actually clip in your, your toe and that toe will not necessarily release the right way because it's wedged in. So it's kind of, or it may release sooner than you want because it's wedged and it's, it's causing it to flex a little. So it's really something to, you know, think about. I wouldn't say worry about, but, you know, think about when you're getting new stuff, check your gear that it all is compatible. You know, it's like when you bring a boot to go get new skis and bindings, right? They, they snap your boot in. Right. But if you get new boots, do you bring your skis down? Usually you don't. It's true. That's all I'm saying. You may want to, may want to do that. So that was pretty interesting, but yeah, some of the new products, there's a lot of good technology that's coming out. I wish it was used to save people's lives, but if it's coming out for ski gear, it's all better. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? But yeah, a lot of cool technology, a lot of stuff out there. Good for gift ideas. Somebody wants to know what to get you. Get you some of these tech gadgets so you can talk to each other while you're skiing. You know, that that doesn't hurt. Yeah, that Cardo thing, that does sound pretty cool. We should, it'd be cool to get like, you know, three or four of those and get some buddies together and, and try it out. That would be awesome. Just, just go out on a ski trip like, and just, yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah, like the worst thing is like if you lose somebody, you gotta pull over and take out your phone and try to like like do you stick your 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 phone like in your helmet like if it's cold day like you don't want to take your gloves like there's it's 
it's very diva-ish, I know. But to have that already like kind of hooked up and hooked on and just press a button and communicate, that's pretty sweet. And it's not like it's interfering with you. It's kind of there doing its thing. Yeah. And not obtrusive and changing your experience, which I like. So I tell you what, like, you know, they were saying, and I was just thinking about it from a personal thing. Like if I'm out with friends or family and I've been places like when I was in Switzerland, I think when I was with you in uh, Tahoe, we got lost and you're trying to call on the phone. Sometimes you don't have cell service, right? So what do you do? You kind of wait around, hopefully connect again. I've gotten lucky. One time I had the, um, walkie talkie and I was able to communicate with my friend, Harry, that was, that was with me. And that was in Switzerland. And I was like, Holy crap. If we didn't have these, like we would have been like separated. And I'm sorry, when you're in another country, sometimes you're like, you're not even thinking, you're not looking at the map. You don't know where you are. You don't speak the language and and it's pretty intimidating. I can only imagine then when they were talking about it, like, let's say you're an instructor and you have a bunch of kids. Let's say you have like, eight kids and those kids run like crazy. How do you communicate with all of them? You know what I mean? Like it's nice to have something like it's safer. It's also better for coaching because you can actually talk to people while they're skiing. Like they don't have to stop and like, Oh yeah. What do you, what do you tell me to do? It's like, you can actually talk to them while they're skiing in real time and say, no, turn this way, do that. Like, so it's, it's kind of cool. Like the application for it. And that's why I guess it really started get me thinking. And and that's why I kind of really liked it. Very cool. I like it. Yeah. That'd be cool to check out just to kind of see how it enhances the experience. And you can use it at Opry Ski too. <laughs> of course. Hey, yeah, yeah, I, see, Opry Ski, right? I see you by the bar. Can you get me another drink while you're there? Yeah. Right. Boom. The Red Bull and vodka, please. Pretty crowded. Rest in peace, you... Dietrich. That's right. right. Red Bull and vodka. Here's to Dietrich. We should have had Red Bull today. Damn it. Yeah, that would have made sense, right? Pour, pour a little bit out, right? Can we can we go back? Maybe next week I'll have a Red Bull and vodka. It'll be the last show before the snow show. Before this, the expo, I believe, right? Maybe. Most likely. Most likely. Most likely. We're going to have to take a little pause. So it'll be a whole little thing. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so... Is there any way we can, we'll, we'll put some links in the show notes if you guys want to check out this stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll grab some links. Put if you have there. any questions, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Well, that wraps up the podcast for the week. Thank you so much for checking us out. Check us out at skibumpodcast.com. Find us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Untapped, YouTube, at skibumpodcast. Email skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate, subscribe. We really appreciate it. Big thank you to the Chuck Bucket. Check them out, chuckbucket.com. Thanks, Chuck Bucket. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.